Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Focus Weekly Discipleship Podcast. My name is Kevin Rognes, and I'm the Discipleship Director here at Faith Covenant Church. We're just very grateful that you would take any time to watch this on YouTube or listening or listen on any of the major podcasting platforms. The best way that you can support this is to subscribe, to share, to leave a rating on the podcast sites. Any of those things are really helpful for supporting the podcast. So, um, as always, I want to also encourage you to make sure that you're sending in any questions or comments or things that you want us to tackle in the podcast. We're always looking forward to your feedback, so please let us know if there's anything that you really want us to be tackling. So right now we're tackling a series of episodes about some of the major objections that we see most often to Christianity. Um, there's going to be more objections than we'll maybe get to in this set of episodes, but um, if you have any questions about that, send them in. But uh, last time we talked about the exclusivity of Christianity and um, how people sometimes use that as an objection. This week, we're going to delve into something really fun. We're going to go into politics, because who doesn't love politics right now, right? Right. So um, I decided for that conversation, I wanted to bring in the big guns, our lead pastor, <laughs> Pastor Brad Kendall. So thanks for joining us, because you're probably going to get more emails than I will yeah. <laughs> if I go off the rails here. So thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Actually, I, 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 I really enjoy this topic. Yeah. It's a lot of interesting stuff to get into, especially with everything happening right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. obviously, we're going to mostly focus upon American politics because yeah. that's what we're most immersed in as Americans. We are a church in America. Mm-hmm. So if you're watching internationally, thanks for watching. Um, we probably won't have a lot of specificity for anything about where you are at. So um, Prin- Principles will still apply. Yeah, a lot yeah. of principles will still apply. Yeah. Um, but some of the specifics will be... America specifics, so, sure, because that's yeah. our context. So, um, before, so kind of the objection that I'm going to, the way I'm going to phrase the objection is that Christianity often has a really terrible relationship with politics in America. Mm. So, with that as kind of our statement, I guess, of what the objection is, um, let's just kind of delve into it. And I know you wanted to give some context first with a narrative from the Book of Joshua. Yeah. So. I want to add one more thing yeah. before we go there. I I recognize that anyone watching this right now, uh, just just acknowledge the fact that there might be a little fear in this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, as, as we approach controversial topics, we often come to them with a fear that uh, someone I like or respect is going to say something I disagree with, mm-hmm. or uh, the other part of the the fear might be for us, <laughs> because uh, I find in these conversations, people often really want to get to, okay, so Pastor Brad, but where do you really stand? You know, and, and, uh, and so... Who did you vote for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but we'll, we'll unpack that as we go. Yeah, so... Uh, when We're Cap- going to unpack who you voted for? No, no, no. <laughs> well, no, we won't, but... Yeah, it'll, yeah, interesting. <laughs> I'm assuming you didn't write in, like, Mickey Mouse. No, 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 okay. no, no. Um, no judgment if you did. Yeah. <laughs> so when Kevin was talking to me about uh, doing this particular topic, um, there's there's a, a scene from the uh, book of Joshua that I think is so helpful here. And um, just to, let me uh, paint the picture here. So, um, the Hebrew children have 
they've been in the desert they're now on you know the the, the brink of the promised land they're going to they're going to cross the jordan and they're going to um take the their very first city is, is going to be the fall of Je of jericho mm -hmm. so that's the first thing they're going to do they're not even a nation at this point yet they're just the descendants of abraham isaac and jacob and um as as they come toward jericho um joshua who's the leader now moses uh, did not cross over moses has passed by now and joshua who's the, the leader of of the hebrew children in in the endeavor appointed by god um i'll just read the narrative this is from joshua 5 um starting with the verse 13 now when joshua was was near jericho he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand joshua went up to him and asked are you for us or for our enemies neither he replied but as commander of the army of the lord i have now come mm. and i just i'd like us all to start where this man with the drawn sword starts mm. um one there, there's there's question uh, people ask who who is the man um he says he's commander of the Lord's armies, which which is assuming angelic armies, which is assuming those who abide in the Lord, Israel's um, people. Um, and and someone's wonder if this is a theophany, an appearance of of God um, in the flesh. This is a is this Jesus? We don't know for sure. A lot of people believe that. Um, I'm comfortable in the mystery of it. Either way, this is this is a, a man with a sword, uh, and uh, he says to the he the, the Hebrew um, leader, "I'm not on your side. I'm not on your enemy's side. I simply serve the Lord." Mm -hmm. And that I I would so love us in the church. To start there, yeah. Democrats, I'm not on your side. <laughs> Republicans, I'm not on your side. I just serve the Lord. Mm -hmm. You will find so much freedom in starting there. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's <laughs> one way to get us going. Yeah, no, and I love that. That's you know, it's not about which side is God on. It's are we on God's side? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, with that as a starting point, um, where should the church start with engagement in the political realm? Because mm -hmm. when, we, when we read the Bible, the Bible is very political. There's tons of political things happening all the time, right? and we're called to act in the world. So where do we start with that? We start, and, and this is absolutely imperative, we start with the, the theme of Jesus' ministry, mm -hmm. which was the kingdom of God. So people say, you know, Pastor Brad, I don't want the church to get political. I don't want you to get political. I, I, my response is, the church is nothing but political. Mm. In fact, I like uh, another writer that I've read over the years has, has put it this way. The church is the body politic of the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. um, in, in that it is an organization that 
serves a king who has a government. Mm. Isaiah 9 says the government will rest upon the shoulders. For, For unto us a son is born, unto us a son is given. And the government, his government of peace, will rest on its shoulders, his shoulders. And so we start with the fact that we are first, just like that soldier in uh, Joshua 5, we, we start with the idea that we are first servants of the king. And he is the prince of peace. He is the wonderful counselor. He is almighty God. He is everlasting father. Uh, he is the prince of peace. And, and just to clear up something that sometimes Christians kind of stumble over is often we think that the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is that place you go when you die. Mm. Um, and, and that is not a biblical understanding of the kingdom of God. When Jesus began his ministry, he didn't start his ministry by saying, this is right out of Mark 1, 14 and 15, um, the first gospel written, by the way. He didn't start by saying, um, I'm here so that your sins will be forgiven. Jesus came so that we could be saved from our sins. Absolutely. But he started by saying the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, turn from your sins and believe the good news. Mm-hmm. And, and his parables were about the kingdom. His healings were about the kingdom. Essentially, wherever Jesus walked, we get a picture of what it looks like when God runs the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Uh, we, as uh, brothers and sisters, a part of the family of God and our Father, uh, is, is, is King, His Son, is the Prince of Peace. Um, we start there, that we don't belong, first and foremost, and this is controversial, but it's absolutely true. We are not first and foremost Americans. Mm-hmm. We're first and foremost um, members of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. The United States, Russia, Israel, um, at least Israel as we know it, um, th- these, these worldly kingdoms will pass away. Mm-hmm. But Christ's kingdom will never pass away. And we're a part of the eternal kingdom, so we start there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then as we get into a little bit more about uh, being politically involved, even though we are citizens first of a kingdom, we are kind of secondary citizens of these other worldly kingdoms. So what does that mean for our involvement? So I'm going to look at four questions. So first, how, in thinking about how we as Christians should be politically involved, should we as Christians vote in countries where we have a vote? America, obviously we do. So Yeah. Um, so you, let, me, let me just say this. If you don't vote, you're in a sense voting. Yeah. <laughs> and if you vote, you're voting. Right. Okay. So everyone's in one sense voting, mm-hmm. um, whether you, with your feet or with by actually filling in a ballot. And um, and I do believe um, that we are called to be politically engaged as members of Christ's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me add something to that. Um, I have two phrases that you hear a lot about here at Faith Cove. Um, one is, when you know who you are, you know what to do. Mm, yeah. Okay? So, who are we? 
well, we are members of Christ's kingdom. Okay, so that colors decisions we make regarding voting and who we vote for, mm-hmm. the way we engage with politics. We, we, our identity in Christ is what forms our ethical decisions. Um, the other thing, I, the other phrase I really think important to this conversation is we're not called to be effective. Mm. We're called to be faithful. We're called to be faithful to the person and the ways of Christ. And that is a very freeing place to live. Yeah. Most Christians I discover, I've found, and I, I, do, I, I stumble in this as well. When the ways, we, we see the ways of Christ as being foolish sometimes, and so then we choose, well, let's choose the most effective thing that doesn't seem as foolish as the way of Christ. <laughs> and so we then start making ethical decisions that are, are born out of effectiveness first mm-hmm. rather than faithfulness. You know, again, I, I'll get to your question in just a second, but... Um, the ways of Christ are foolishness to the world. The cross was foolishness to the disciples. But Jesus still said, pick up your cross and follow me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seems like madness. Um, and yet, First uh, John um, 6.2, I believe. Um, it's either first, 6.2 or 2.6. <laughs> if you say you abide in him, live like Jesus lived. Yeah. We're called to be faithful. Mm-hmm. Jesus called us to obey him. Um, he didn't and, call us to results, right? Yeah. Right, and and his ways are not the ways of the world. And so, as we look at these political discussions and any ethical decision, we we don't start with effectiveness; we start with faithfulness. Mm. And um, the problem is, and this is why people struggle, is faithfulness will um, can get you crucified. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Know? So. Uh, it's, yeah, sorry. What was the question? So should we vote as Christians? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, you're going to vote in one way or another. Yeah. Um, I think you have to vote according to what you see is best abiding in the ways of Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, the whole, if you don't vote, you're still voting because that's essentially supporting the status quo. Um, whether or not you agree with that, mm-hmm. you know, but... Not casting a vote is still making a decision in, in some way, shape, or form. So Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the next question along similar lines is, should Christians run for office? Absolutely. Um, if God calls them to run for office. Mm-hmm. If you're not called to run for office, you shouldn't run for office. You know, we're, we're designed by God to be led by his Holy Spirit. And so if the Holy Spirit, you know, raises up um, William Wilberforce, in Great Britain, mm-hmm. um, to run for office, then absolutely, William Wilberforce should run for office. Um, we have had wonderful leaders in our country on both sides of the aisle, mm-hmm. um, and um, we have to be grateful for them. We also have to recognize that um, uh, there, um, we, we know that the, script, the scriptures teach us that God ordains leadership. Mm. Okay, so kings and presidents and prime ministers, um, God appoints people um, to rule and reign. They don't always um, follow him, Mm -hmm. but God appoints people to rule and reign in in worldly governments. And so if, if God calls you, then absolutely run for office. Yeah. 
And then, um, should Christians endorse candidates? Yeah, so let, let I know you probably get a lot of pressure to do so from the pulpit. <laughs> yeah, yes and no. I mean, um, yeah, I, I guess I want to jump back to this, should we run for office, and then I'll hit this, should we endorse candidates. You know, here's the problem with running for office, is that it then goes back to, are you going to be faithful to Christ mm. above your party? Because the party's going to put a lot of pressure on you. Um, to uh, seek the effective ways of the world rather than the ways of Christ, mm-hmm. and so um, I would I would think that it would be that there would be oftentimes when um, Christians running for office uh, would eventually soon get voted out because it looks too much like Jesus. <laughs> um, now, should we endorse candidates? Um, here, here's my. Um, yeah, just go with me for a second, because this 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 one is drives me nuts, um, and I and I I'm guilty of this as well. So I'm just like I drive myself nuts. So what happens is in in our country, but this has happened over the centuries as well. Um, those who who have put their faith in Christ often make the mistake of identifying themselves with their political party over and above their identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so when you make your political identity the core of your identity or fundamental to the core of your identity, then you start making uh, decisions um, as a Republican or a Democrat mm-hmm. first rather than in Christ first. So humans are complex people um humans do good things sometimes and humans do bad things sometimes so kevin if as you you know i'm your boss yeah but you're also my brother in christ okay and so, i sounded really unenthusiastic about that yeah like, right yeah mm. <laughs> i'm very glad to have him as a boss well and I'm, I'm glad you work here um we we, but we first and foremost we're brothers yep. in christ mm-hmm. and so if you just because your your identity is in one sense in this in this environment employee of faith covenant church um if you said i'm not going to sit down with pastor brad my brother if i see him in sin because i'm an employee well then you would be acting in ways that are um first about your employee identity rather than your christ-like identity my, my, my point in saying this is endorse, when, when you see candidates do good things, um, applaud them. Yeah. When you see candidates do sinful things, say that's sinful. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely amazing that I see both sides of the aisle just because they uh, are a Democrat or a Republican that they... They kind of give a wink and a nod, you know, to to their political party or their candidate. They're like, "Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call that out as sinful, because that's my guy. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's my my uh, my candidate. My um, you know, the the woman I think should be in office. And and rather than saying, I really like many of the things my party stands for, um, 
There's some things I don't like. Call those out as well. Mm-hmm. And um, and my candidate did something so amazing. Praise God. And my candidate did something that's really outside of the bounds uh, of Scripture. And so I have to say, no, I do not agree with my candidate there. I think that's wrong. And you get to do that with both sides. Yeah. I mean, there's how much freedom is there to applaud the other side when, when they do something good? Yeah. But, but the way we operate is because they're the other side, everything they do is wrong. Or because Even it's if my own side. side proposed that, they would agree. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, seen that happen. <laughs> or because, yeah, because it's my side, everything we do is right. Mm-hmm. That's magical thinking. It's yeah. not real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, in my mind, I, I, really, I really think it's important that, yeah, there are two ways to think about this. I start with, I'm going to be, I'm going to, be a child of the king. So I'm going to respond that way. If, they, if you can't get there, start with, I'm independent. Mm. You, you do it, try, it, try it for a year to six months, six months to a year. And, and just say, I'm not going to identify with either. I'm going to applaud the good I see in either side. And I'm going to defend the, 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 the poor uh, and, and the oppressed um, as, as this point where I'm at. And um, I'm if if good if the side of if if good is doing well I applaud that mm-hmm. if something evil is happening I will I will say no wrong 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 it's there's a lot of freedom I'm just suddenly that. picturing you at home watching the news being like boo yay <laughs> <laughs> well it, there's there's great freedom in um, in finally saying I'm I, I'm not on either of your sides yeah just like that angel uh, or that that uh, that man in yeah. Joshua 5. Yeah. yeah. So in the last of those four questions is, should we ind- endorse political parties more holistically? I think you've kind of answered that question more or less and kind of saying, let's applaud what's good in either one of them. Let's kind of push back on anything that's not good about either of them. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how, do you, how biblically how you would argue against that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure someone will send me an email. <laughs> I'm sure he'll get a few. <laughs> um, although it's only my, I, I'm gonna have to add your email address to this <laughs> podcast episode. Otherwise, I'm gonna get all the email. Oh, that's fine. You, you can you can put mine out there. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, so then now we're gonna get a little bit more specific, and this could get where it really gets interesting. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people think they see hypocrisy when it comes to uh, Christians in the political sphere, and we've kind of touched on that a little bit um, with the idea of. You know, some people will applaud one aspect of their chosen party or candidate, but then turn a blind eye to things. That looks very hypocritical. So then let's look at some of those things specifically with both parties. So is there hypocrisy, and we'll get to both parties, but um, is there hypocrisy with politically conservative Christians with regards to immigration and loving immigrants? Yeah, so... um, Let's start here. We're all hypocrites. <laughs> yep. Okay. So people who say, you know, I don't like Christians or the church because it's filled with a bunch of hypocrites. Well, this acknowledges we're all hypocrites. Yeah. Uh, hypocrites are sinners who need a savior. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, we're all hypocrites. And so if you're a Christian and you side with the Republicans, you're a hypocrite. If you're a Christian, you side with the Democrats, you're a hypocrite. Um, we o- Only... 
you know, the Lord we worship uh, is, is completely, is batting 100% when it comes to acting ethically according to the ways of God. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, so when it comes uh, to immigration, you know, uh, I think we have to start with, um, yeah, this is a tough one. Um, because it's, it's, it's a complex situation, mm-hmm. but let's start here. So where does Jesus start? Um, well, and where does the Bible start all throughout the old Testament? I mean, it, there it was part of Torah to, uh, take care of, uh, those who were aliens in the midst, not from Mars, but from other countries who were in their midst. It's, and, um, and, and, and Jesus, you know, who was a Jew did not just praise Jews. Mm-hmm. It was there were other Gentiles in his midst, the Roman centurion and so forth, who, um, uh, in, in fact, who were oppressors. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he praised them. Um, anyone with faith. So where does God start? God God loves immigrants. Um, God loves God loves uh, women and children who don't have enough and men who don't have enough food to eat, mm-hmm. um, who are living in danger. And God wants to provide for them. And so uh, we in the church are called um, to die to self and care for the least of these. You know, now we're in Matthew 25, uh, the parable of the sheep and the goats. Uh, when did you see me hungry and naked? Um, when did you see me uh, needing clothes, etc.? Whenever you cared for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, uh, that was me. So um, we have a call those who are kings, uh, who are the, the uh, kids of the king, um, we have a call to care for the least of these. It doesn't matter where they live. Mm-hmm. Um, the kingdom of God doesn't have geographical boundaries. Yeah. Okay? And so the demonizing of, of the immigrant, either, either legal or illegal, um, is sinful. Yeah. There's, there's no way around it. Do people from other countries in our country do bad things sometimes? Yes. Call it what it is. Uh-huh. Do people in our country um, who grew up here and are American citizens do, citizens do bad things? Yes, call it what it is. I mean, uh, yeah. So I, I wish what, I, what I, I see sometimes is um, Christians demonizing others when Christ died for others. Mm. Um, and that's, when we do that, we're living in sin. Absolutely. So then uh, the next question we'll tackle is um, a lot of people call Christians hypocrites when uh, conservative Christians um, get really excited about or intense or passionate about gun rights. Yeah. What do we think about that biblically? How do we Mm, respond mm -hmm. to uh, accusations about hypocrisy with regards to gun rights? Yeah. Well, let's talk about rights for a second. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because uh, we started... You know, part of my argument, and I can make a really good biblical argument for this, is that uh, we start with the king and his kingdom. Mm. Okay, so we're part of the kingdom of God, who happen to live in the United States, but we we are first and foremost um, members of Christ's kingdom. Well, um, the king, our king, um, is um, a king, and. The, the kingdom we belong to is not a democracy. Mm. 
we don't vote Jesus to be king. Whether you agree with him being king or not is, is not the issue. Um, uh, so, and in the king, we, we are servants of the king. Um, and so, um, you know, the Apostle Paul says, my favorite verse, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. What I've done in becoming, uh, putting my faith in Christ is I'm saying, I give up my rights. Mm-hmm. I give up my right to my life. Lord, my life belongs to you. It does not belong to me. Mm-hmm. So arguments about rights are helpful. I understand that, and they're important in um, understanding of our country. But we also have to remember that it's not first and foremost about our rights. And I'll tell a story, and I'm just going to let, hopefully this is a grain of sand um, in, uh, that, that will grow into a pearl, because I'm not, I'm not going to answer the question as well maybe as you'd like. But I, I want to give an, a, uh, an example. Um, and this, actually I read this from Pastor John Piper. Um, he gave the example of Jim Elliott. So Jim Elliott was a um, missionary who um, went with his friends from Wheaton uh, College um, as, as a missionary um, into South America or Central America. And um, they all made an agreement that they were going to carry a weapon. This was a, a, a group of people that had no contact with the outside world for the most part in the rainforest. And, but they made a commitment. They were all packing, <laughs> so to speak. But their commitment was, we will not use these weapons upon the people mm-hmm. we're trying to serve. Because while they might kill us, we will be with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Apostle Paul says, it's better to die and be with the Lord. Mm-hmm. But if we kill them, they don't know Christ. Mm-hmm. And so according to the scriptures, you would have to say that we just killed someone who is outside of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and what's interesting is they all died yeah. at the hands of, of the natives. And they, they could have defended themselves with their weapons. That's my understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love that commitment. And, and so... I, this, this, a gun is an inanimate object, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you can send me an argument regarding uh, protection of loved ones and so forth. I'm happy to go there, um, but uh, let's just start with Jim Elliot's example. I will not um, use this weapon on those I'm called to love and serve, mm-hmm. yep. and, and that includes our enemies. Yeah, and and she's like, Pastor Brad, what? <laughs> Just let that grain of sand sit for a while, because again, you're not called to be effective; you're called to be faithful. Mm-hmm. So then, um, I've also seen people argue about like a lot of conservative Christians, of course, are um, often opposed to abortion, and a lot of uh, people objecting to that or seeing hypocrisy in that say, "Well, what about babies after they're born?" It seems like some Christians are only worried about babies up till the point of birth, and then after that, where's the help for those mm-hmm. families or those young mothers, young parents? Sure. So, and yeah, and I just want to, again, don't turn this off because you, we're starting with conservative Christians. We're getting, we're getting liberals there. in a second. <laughs> um, well, okay, so uh, I would say 
um, caring for the least of these after they are born is clearly what we are called to do. And when we don't do that well, um, that would be considered outside of the boundaries of the teachings of Scripture. That'd be sinful. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, the other part of that, though, uh, uh, if you go throughout history and you go around the world, um, those places where you see um, people on the ground caring for people in need, um, historically Christianity has actually done quite well. Mm -hmm. um, and what, what the argument gets complex because there's a distrust of governmental programs mm -hmm. to care for the least of these or to provide resources um, for people after they are born and they're born into poverty. Um, liberals will say, we have to have systems and programs to care for them. Conservatives will agree there's just a, a, a disconnect, a distrust of governmental programs. And so that's where it gets rough. Mm -hmm. um, I, I will say most conservative Christians that I know don't believe it's then hands off. Right. They don't believe it. Now, whether they intentionally are seeking with their time and their resources and their talents to help provide for people who um, uh, are living in poverty is another thing, you know. We are rich Christians in an age of hunger, <laughs> in the title of an old book. Um, and so it is our responsibility on the right and the left. If we are in Christ, it is our responsibility to care, I would say, for the unborn and the born. Mm -hmm. And when we don't do that well, we're, we should say we're not doing that well. Um, should the government be a part of the solution? Um, if the government can be a helpful part of the solution, that's a great thing. If the government is not helpful in trying to create a solution, well, then that's not good. <laughs> well, we get to say, that's not really working. Yeah. Um, this could work better. Okay, great. You know, we, our, our church has, has, uh, supports many ministries that are trying to be a part of the solution right. um, in these things. And, and it isn't coming upon the church. Sometimes people say, well, it's only, only the church should do it. Well, here's the problem. Um, a lot of those people who say that um, are no longer investing time talents and treasures in the church. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and realistically, the church is no longer as well attended and resourced to meet the entirety of the needs right. of people in poverty and such. Right. Yeah. So, Well, we can't go on without getting into the Donald Trump of it all. Um, mm -hmm. Because I've, I've known, personally known a lot of people very close to me who have completely quit going to church because certain parts of the church, not all of it, mm -hmm. but certain parts of the church have very wholeheartedly embraced Donald Trump. Um, a lot of people that I've known who have seen this have said Donald Trump is maybe unethical or downright criminal, but yet the church is embracing that in some respects. Mm -hmm. How do we respond to that as Christians? And again, this is not, this isn't the entirety of the church, um, but I mean, we both know people who have left the church over this. Yeah, well, and, and so anytime the people of God have put, have put more faith in a someone or a something other than God, there have been negative consequences for the witness of the people of God. Yes. We see this in ancient Israel. We see this in the church, throughout church history. So anytime we put our faith in a someone or a something who is not 
Jesus, essentially, then um, our witness is fractured. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and that goes for the right and the left. I, I saw good liberal Christians uh, who loved the Lord, who did backflips trying to support Bill Clinton in his infidelity. Mm-hmm. And and you're like, no, absolutely, he did not do this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, oh, come and on. And some of them today have changed their minds about that it, support previously, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is really interesting to watch. Yeah. And so, again, this is not brain surgery. Right. <laughs> if Donald Trump does something good, applaud it. Mm-hmm. If he does something, you know, if, if he sins in his anger, well, that's sinful. Yeah. If Joe Biden sins in his anger. That is, you know, can I I just read a passage? This is from... uh, We can always go to the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Um, James uh, 1, I believe. Yeah, I know it's James 1. Um, This is part of my Bible, but one page, there it is. One page is out of sync here. Um, So this is, this is, Counsel from Scripture. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become... Sorry, I've got a bug a, bothering Being attacked by a bug. I don't know if it's a spider or it's a bug. I think it was a bug. Anyway. I think it's gone. Oh, there it is. It's, it won't hurt you, Kevin. Yeah, but it bothers me. It's a member of God's creatures. Anyway, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because, and here's what I want to read... Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Mm. So sometimes we, we're comfortable um, with our, our party getting so, you know, shaking their fists and so forth. We as Christians get to say, mm, shh. <laughs> human anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Even what, righteous anger, like righteous anger, anger that is justified, can lead if it leads to sin. Right, is not helpful. Yeah, it, um, vengeance is mine, yeah. says God. And so, you know, you want to take it out on someone. Jesus says, <laughs> I, I have a pastor friend who once of, of the cross. He he said he was Jesus was essentially saying on the cross, if you want to hit anyone, hit me. Mm. Um, Anyway, that's a different topic. But is, Don, is Donald Trump uh, a sinful human being? Yeah, so am I. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I'm in sin, brothers and sisters, please come to me and call me out on it. Um, and I should do the same for you. Interestingly, uh, the Apostle Paul says, it's not our job to judge those outside the church. Mm-hmm. But it is our job to call each other out when we are in sin within the church. Mm-hmm. And we do, we're do we called to do that in a loving way. Um, I would hope that uh, Donald Trump or Joe Biden would have a circle of brothers and sisters in Christ who have the courage, the moral courage. Moral courage is, seems to be in short supply these days. Um, who have the moral courage to say, brother, you're out, you're out of balance here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's absolutely necessary. Absolutely. Especially our candidates on both sides uh, are are very comfortable saying, God bless America. Um, (laughs) And I do hope that God blesses America. But the only way God's going to bless America is if we submit to the ways of Christ and pray. Mm -hmm. 
Well, we promised that we'd look at both sides. Now we're yeah. going to change the uh, change a little bit because there are Christians who also sometimes see hypocrisy with more liberal Christians or Absolutely. liberal political positions. So um, some people will look at abortion and say, well, isn't abortion against God's design? How can you be a Christian and support abortion? How do we respond to that? Yeah, so um, you're, you're talking to someone who used to be pro-choice. Um, and I, I argued uh, a pro-choice argument um, because of, I felt, well, it's, it's the least, um, it's the lesser of two evils. Mm. Ultimately, that's an effectiveness way of ethical decision making. Mm. Um, and uh, so I, I, I was, um, you know, my mind was changed on a, by a number of fronts. But when I, I encountered this phrase, we're called to be faithful, not effective, I was like, okay. That gave me the freedom to say, uh, no, I'm, I'm just going to be pro, pro-life. Um, and that includes unborn human beings, born human beings, my enemies, um, those on death row as, as well. That, that's where I stand. Um, I can tip my hand that way. Um, and so I think... Um, I, it, I would encourage um, those who come, you know, those on, on the left who are, who are arguing for pro-choice um, decision-making in our country, um, I would ask you, is, is Jesus Lord? And if he's Lord, do you trust him enough um, to let him... Um, be Lord of these children, mm-hmm. um, and and do you need to? Are you making an effectiveness ethical decision or a faithfulness ethical decision? Mm-hmm. Um, effectiveness ethical decisions um, give us all the strife we're living in right now. Um, and and for those of you who might be struggling with this. There's, there's just a certain freedom I've found that comes with, you know what? I just can't reconcile the ways of Christ with intervening into one is into what is one of the most inorganic processes. Mm-hmm. So the intervention um, of uh, destro- of destroying a life uh, is we could say it unethical from at least the worldview I would hold, but it's also completely inorganic. Um, it is it is interrupting a process that is wired into this world by God, and and that that is intervening in a way that is saying I don't trust you, God, with this life to be born. And you can say, well, look at all, yeah, I, I, I just, I just believe it's best to be um, on the side of trusting God with this. Now, yeah, I can talk a little, that's like a whole other, (laughs) yeah, um, we could do a whole podcast series. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll stop there. So then another target, or not target, another area where um, some people might um, go after more liberal Christians and for hypocrisy in the political realm. It was like marriage discussions. 
mm-hmm. who is marriage for? Same-sex couples, only opposite-sex couples. Um, if you're a Christian, you can only support, you know, same-sex couples. So therefore, you know, the people on the left are outside of the balance. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Where do you where do you comment on that? Yeah. So. Or where does the Bible comment on that? Yeah. Well, the the Bible has a lot of um, uh, has. That's a whole other podcast, but I, I will say, you know, the the orthodox understanding in the church for the last 2,000 years has been uh, one man, one woman covenanting before God in marriage or uh, a life of celibacy and singleness. Um, and so that's that's the way we roll mm-hmm. um, in what I would say is Orthodox Christianity, um, in historical Christianity, all right? Um, and to, you know, some arguments are, well, to reach the next generation for Christ, we have to kind of relax the way we talk about marriage in the church. Um, I, I don't see any reason, biblically speaking, for us to um, dress up the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, God, God doesn't need our help in sharing good news with any generation of people. He it simply invites our participation. And again, that's going into that effectiveness question. Of right. Like, are we trying to be effective or are we trying to be faithful? Right, right. And so, um, and, and this, this goes to so many, it goes to issues of... Um, gender discussions that, mm-hmm. that we could have, you know. Well, since you're bringing that up, I'll, I'll just sure. segue into the next thing. What about the whole woke movements that a lot of uh, conservative Christians are about uh, from, let me rephrase, a lot of conservatives are saying there's maybe hypocrisy regarding these woke movements about gender identity and, and sexuality as such. Yeah, well, again, everyone's a hypocrite. Yeah. I mean, let's just start there, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, if you think I'm batting a thousand, um, you're sorely wrong. Um, and so, yeah, the, it, woke movements are no, they, they're kind of just like left fundamentalists. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, people on the left, uh, get really mad at people on the right because they have certain fundamentals that they're not going to bend on. Mm. And so, you know, the whole idea of, of the woke movement as people, it depends on who's dis, who's defining that term. Yes. But essentially, I guess the way I would put it is it ends up being um, a, fundam- a fundamentalist on the left who has found certain fundamentals are not willing to, to budge on. Mm-hmm. And anyone who doesn't abide by those fundamentals is, um, is you know, shunned, <laughs> canceled, whatever. Um, you know, I, I think let's... It, let, let's see it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's no different than um, a, a fundamentalist on in any tribe, in any people group, in any Republican Democrat. You know, you you have fundamentalists who belong to the NRA, and fundamentalists who belong to you know Planned Parenthood. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, uh, Again, you end up op- you end up operating as uh, 
someone who has an identity in your particular thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the deal with Christianity is we're called Christians, which means Christ one. And so our fundamental identity is Christ. And so, again, I'm, J- Jesus is not going to be on the, Jesus is not willing to get on the throne of heaven and earth and wear your causes t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, yeah. Lord, will you wear, will you wear, you know, th- put this bumper sticker on my cause, <laughs> of my cause and wear this t-shirt of this party or this people group and, uh. Well, hold on I'm running second. out of time. Sorry. No, no, no you're not. I was, not, I was okay, something good. else was coming up. Um, no, because I was, I was just thinking like with the whole bumper sticker thing. I can't decide if I'm more upset when I'm stuck behind a bad driver who has a bumper sticker I agree with or disagree with. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody else face that conundrum? Like, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, oh, we're on the same page. You need to drive better. Whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah. So I mean, a lot of these questions are kind of the responses are kind of becoming repetitive. So, I mean, it all kind of boils Mm -hmm. down to what should Christians do about Christian hypocrisy in the political realm, regardless of whether it's on the more liberal side or on the more conservative side. It seems like what that we're coming to is, A, we need to be focused about faithfulness over effectiveness, but B, whatever leanings we have, we have to be willing to call out, um, you know, sinfulness on our own sides and be able to call out good things on the other side. Absolutely. Because uh. if, if we're not able to do those things, then yes, we will look like hypocrites and yeah. we will lose people. Right. Absolutely. And you know what? Even <laughs> Jesus was the very son of God and he lost people. Oh, yeah. I mean, pe- people, <laughs> people rejected him all the time. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I had something to say, and I can't, I, I, do you have like a land the plane question coming? Cause I, I do have, I've got a couple more questions. So yeah. Okay. Z- zip them at me. I do have one okay, thing yeah. I want to say. Um, so like the next one would be like, what happens when our support for a particular candidate or party or policy overshadows our witness? Like how can we stop ourselves, how can we assess if we're doing that or not? How can we stop ourselves from doing that? We've kind of answered a little bit of this. Yeah. How can we call it out if we see someone where we're like, hey, your witness is being overshadowed by, I think I'm getting spider web in my hair. I, yeah, okay, so. <laughs> I'm just like feeling things all over the place. Huh. Um, here, here's, here's the deal. Um, we we have to, so we can't control the way the media portrays Christians. Yes. yes. Okay. So that's um, that's completely out of our control. Is is uh, uh, does does the media do a great job in painting Christians in a in a way that highlights the good things the church does, et cetera? Yeah. Sometimes yes. Sometimes no. Yeah. Often no. All yeah. right. We have no control of that. And, and I don't have any control over your witness. Mm-hmm. I don't have any control over your witness. All I have control over is my abiding in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's frustrating, I'm sure, because um, we see people getting so upset at the church because of the church doing something dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? Well, the church is made up of people, and the church you know, stumbles and falls. Christians stumble and fall. Um, ultimately, though, 
uh, just abide in Christ. You, you can't control the Christians. You can't control the church. All you can control is your relationship with God. We are, vine, we are branches in the vine, and that, that large vineyard is the church. Mm. Um, but in the midst of it, we just, we just uh, ourselves have to abide. And, you know, I too get frustrated with the perception of these these things, but I can't control anyone's perception. People, people had horrible perceptions of Jesus. Um, some liked him, some hated him. Yeah. He was the very son of God. Yeah. Yeah. So then what should, so if, like, a lot of this makes me kind of just want to run in the other direction and be like, I don't want to deal with anything politics. Mm -hmm. um, but like we said at the beginning, we can't just do that. So what should our hopes for politics be? From a Christian perspective, um, how do we, uh, what should politics be trying to accomplish? Well, I mean, the political sphere is, is in its very nature in our country, um, a, a movement of, of people who don't always agree trying to compromise and work together to accomplish things that are good for our state and our federal government. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, so in the midst of this, what, what do we do? Well, as you're in that sphere, um, be a follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's my answer. <laughs> and, and when you come across people with whom you disagree, listen to them. Let them know you're crazy in love with them. Mm -hmm. um, and if you have to, give your life for them. Um, and uh, just, just be a Jesus follower as we're trying to make decisions about things. Mm -hmm. um, quit worrying about trying to, you know, be a good party member. Just, just be a follower of the king. And you don't have to be, you don't have to be a good party member. Right. Um, Jesus didn't say, please obey, you know, your political party, obviously. <laughs> no. you know, he said, obey me. And so I don't know. I, that might seem too simplistic, but um, often Jesus kind of gave us um, ideas on which to then navigate. Mm -hmm. And I think this is an idea on which to navigate, mm -hmm. recognizing that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be imperfect. Mm -hmm. um, the very nature of people coming to, following people coming together, compromising to try to make ethical decisions which help the common good. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty tough one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like another, I, another kind of response that I heard to this question recently, I think it was from Preston Sprinkle, who's a Christian writer, thinker. Um, he kind of talked about how politics is kind of in a broken and damaged world, a world that has been broken and damaged by sin. Politics is damage control. It's mm -hmm. just trying to kind of help make things a bit better until Jesus returns, basically. <laughs> sure. So, yeah. and, and I mean, sometimes that's very literal, like it's damage mm -hmm. control it, with regards to like a natural disaster, you know, we sure. have to get resources yeah, to yeah. a certain place. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's, how do we help with poverty? Mm -hmm. How do we help with keeping people safe and mm -hmm. preventing lawlessness and all mm -hmm. those kinds of things? Yeah. So. And we, we, we live in a culture where we have freedom, freedom of religion. And so mm -hmm. not everyone's going to agree yeah. uh, with us. And, that's okay. We still have to be Christ ones in the midst of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So this last question I'm going to ask, um, I, I kind of rooted it in Romans 14, 13, which says, 
Therefore, let us no longer judge one another. Instead, decide never to put a stumbling block or pitfall in the way of your brother and sister. And so what we've been getting at in this conversation is that oftentimes our political perspectives, one way or the other, becomes a stumbling block to Mm -hmm. other people inside the faith or outside the faith who are Mm -hmm. maybe thinking about Christianity. So how do we as Christians prevent our political positions or voting or our political advocacy from being a stumbling block to other people? Yeah, what a great question. Um, I think we probably start with being uh, quick to listen, slow Mm -hmm. to speak, and slow to become angry. Yes. (laughs) Um, And and so I think let's in a in kind of practical like Thanksgiving dinner conversations, um, we we get to we get to start with tell me more about why you believe this. Mm -hmm. and which is a hard thing to do when they've just said something that you find very problematic. Right, right, right. But um, so it, it takes a lot of biting the tongue to say yeah. where do you, how do you get to that? Point? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they they will as long as you start there. That will provide that that lets that person know you're a safe person to talk about deep hard things with. Mm-hmm. And so if I start with being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become yeah. angry, um, that that provides an avenue by which to have further conversations at the next birthday party, yeah. wedding, you know, or Thanksgiving. Well, more, I mean, if, you're, if you listen to someone, they're more likely to listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> First act of love is listening. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then I think, here's another thing, though. In our culture, um, I like to put it this way. So... A lot of people struggle with the way, you know, that I, as a Christian, as a pastor of a church, certain views I would have. Um, but they're comfortable with um, maybe an Orthodox Jewish rabbi having, you know, because it's, it's different and it's so foreign to them. They're like, well, they get to have their thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they'll even often go, and, and a Muslim imam... Um, he gets to have his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to say, well, okay. In one sense, I'm kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're kind of like that. Christians, we're we're part of a people who are formed by a narrative, mm-hmm. by by a story, the scriptures, and we get to be us. Yeah. And and if you disagree with me, that's fine. You get to be you. Mm-hmm. I don't have to. Uh, I, I don't have to convince you, but I am fascinated to know why you believe what you do, mm-hmm. and I I hope you'd be interested in why I believe what I do. Right. And and on this this way we can have a conversation, and and love and respect each other. Um, anytime I, you know, you're wrong, and <laughs> uh, every, anytime I'm not quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, then you you get on the defensive. Right. And and then we have we have no you know avenue by which to travel anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I would just add again. I just keep coming back to the idea of you have to be able to look at the good and the bad of both parties. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't do that, then people will think, oh, you actually only care about that party, which means you probably don't actually care about your faith. Right. 
Because if you're not able to put Jesus above mm-hmm. all of it, mm-hmm. then yeah, it just sounds like hypocrisy. So, right. Yeah. Right. So those are the questions that I have for you. Are there any final closing thoughts that Thank you, you. want to get to? <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess here's here's what I'd uh, I'd just encourage. I'm going to go back to something I said earlier. Um, the church is the body politic of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of Christians spend more time concerned with their political party and what it's doing than they are concerned and invested in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. which is the body, body politic of the kingdom of God. Right. And so if you call yourself a Christ one, um, you cannot make a biblical argument that you have a fundamental um, responsibility to the body of Christ, which is the the uh, the church. Um, and so, uh, I would even argue it's okay for you to spend more time reading the scriptures and in prayer than it is uh, to spend time watching Fox News or CNN. I think that's a great use of time. <laughs> And um, I think you'll actually find a lot more peace yes. in your world uh, than, than watching those two things. I, I, I try to start every day uh, in prayer, uh, praying the scriptures, um, and uh, spending time on godly stuff going into my brain first. And then I'll get to looking at the news. It used to be switched. I would, I, it wasn't always, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm guilty. Um, but I find less and less time is is being spent on the news. Um, it's kind of like, oh, uh, <laughs> you know, oh. and, and uh, but you know the the Holy Spirit of God. We're designed to be led by the Holy Spirit, and so we think, oh, I need all this information from the news so I know how to make decisions. No, no, <laughs> no. you you need uh, you need to trust the Holy Spirit. God's word and the ways of Christ to make ethical decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, the, the, and there's a certain freedom that really comes that comes from that. It, there's a certain joy. It's like I you know again I'm uh, I'm not on either of your sides. Right. Uh, I, I serve the Lord's army. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I find too that the more, I, more time I spend in scripture the more time I the more often I realize oh Everything I'm, that's happening now has mm-hmm. happened before. Right. Yeah, God absolutely. has seen this all. Nothing new under none the sun. None of this is new to God. Yeah. And if we read history, none of this should really be new to us either. Right. Really. And God's not wringing his hands, you know, going, uh-huh. oh, what what am I going to do? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, the waves of the circumstances of our lives are, um, are not news to him. Yeah. Yeah. Well... That is all the time we have for today. I, there was one question I really wanted to get into, who should be the next Speaker of the House, but I don't think we have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have time for that right now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, no, this is a really no great comment. conversation. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, please let us know. My email address is in the episode description. Um, so please let us know if there's anything else that you want us to delve into. So um, we're going to be continuing next week with our Objections series about Objections to Christianity. Um, you'll see who I uh, get to talk to in a week. So, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank, Thank you, Brad, you, for, Thank you for being doing with this. us. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I hope you all have a wonderful and blessed week.